Hi, John. Hey. Do you know what I hate? What's that? I hate that we forgot to buy eight months worth of provisions yeah. before we started this episode. No, that sucks. You know that uh, salt circle that I completed as you entered in my apartment? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't for slugs. That w- I thought it was to seal in the flavor. Yeah. The flavor of a dark song. Never before has a movie so blatantly ripped off the TV show Supernatural. I am offended. Really? Oh, salt circles, there's all this pentagram stuff directly from the TV oh, show. Oh, they invented that, huh? Supernatural, as huh. far as I'm aware. I, I was not aware. I didn't watch the show. So this, uh, this all seemed new to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything from that stuff I just named to me showing my limited knowledge of the TV show Supernatural. <laughs> there being characters in it? Yes. One might be named Sam. Nope. And the other one is Dean. Yeah, yeah, neither are in this movie. Really? There's a D-mon. Wait, what about the lead lady? Uh, Sophia. I'm pretty sure her name's Dean. <laughs> no, it's Sophia. So let me let me be uh, frank with the audience here. Can I still be John? Sorry. No. I actually paused there to see if you would dad joke that. <laughs> I, yeah, I had to. Uh, I, in, in my outside life, host a show called the Alex cast mm-hmm. alexcast.com i just i never remember to plug uh but i'm interested in the occult and things like this so i know like some stuff about some stuff that's why i suggested this movie yes and it is a good suggestion because boy there's a lot of stuff i didn't realize like the ritual in here is a ritual i've known about for a while and we can get into that a little bit but um or we can get into a lot i don't fucking care i'm not trying to tell you how to run this show sure uh however her name being Sophia is problematic for someone like me. Sure. So uh, there, there is a sect that that was around Jesus at times, you know, Jesus-y times around mm-hmm. there called the Gnostics. You've mm-hmm. probably heard that term before. Yep. One of the important kind of deity structures in Gnosticism is Sophia. Uh, she's like kind of the main lady. She, she essentially, long story short, she had sex with her own dad, birthed this malformed demon weirdo baby. And that's the that, demiurge, the demiurge. Exactly. That's yeah. that's Yahweh from from the, the Jews like and mm. that uh, later birthed baby Jesus. So her name being Sophia is a little like ugh, like a little like for for people that like know about the stuff a little on the nose. Right. Like if you spoke Dutch and you're like, you know, Darth Vader, that's Ex- dark father. Exactly. What is that surprise? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then and I this one's not as as bothersome because I'm sure it's just the name that he chose. But him being Mr. Solomon. Mm-hmm. Is oh boy, that's yeah. a little on the nose too. And, and by the way, I like this movie, but there was some kind of growth. And I get it; they're talking to the normies, but like, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Like, yeah, like that's a really great example. Of, no, like, I, I only know I only know Sophia because of that. Uh, I, I think I even left this to you once. That uh, the Wrestler's Cruel Study, this book by Stephen Dobbins, which I oh, enjoy I like immensely. That. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, a gang of Gnostic bikers, and they're driving around throwing bricks through windows, yelling "Fuck you, Sophia." Oh, that's exactly uh, right. That's well, the only well, reason I know that. But the Solomon thing. I'm sure it had, I mean, other than that, I know King Solomon uh, uh, from well, the Bible, but uh, I, I just went, yeah, that's probably somebody. I don't know. Yeah. So the Solomonic magic is the is the form of magic that talks to angels. That's the uh, reference point. See, no so, idea. But I'm pretty sure he's just calling himself that, like, um, you know, like, 
like if you were a wrestler in Dragon Ball Z and you called yourself Mr. Satan. You're not mm-hmm. actually Satan. <laughs> that great touch point of when you're a wrestler in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> I mean, we've all spent a whole bunch of time waiting for Goku to show up. I, I went through eighth grade. You went through eighth grade. I assume at some point you spent a significant time as an animated character in Japan. That's true. That's, I forgot about that. Tried to block that part of my life. Uh, uh, yeah. No, it, I'm, I'm, I don't really mind her, her name being Sophia, but it's a little like, ugh. Well, so the the whole reason we're even talking about this is this movie deals heavily with uh, occult rituals, yes, and uh, and figures in such. Uh, one specifically, and let me let, let me get this out of the way because then I'm pretty much going to be spent on things I know about what John and I discussed before the show, revolving around the fact that I'm a book nerd. Uh, is I don't know how to say most things out loud, but the uh, uh, Abra Melin, Abra Melin, Abra Melin. Yep. The Carnegie Mellon ritual that they perform in this is a famous one. So a famous one so much to the point that some people at home probably may have heard of this. Aleister Crowley, famous occultist. You've probably even heard of him. Oh, yeah, not yeah. like Not like you're some idiot, but I mean, like, yeah. it's not like you go home and read fucking occult books. But I mean, no. that guy's, like, more famous than famous. Um, so he bought a house on Loch Ness, famous for its... Uh, monster. Monster, yes. And uh, he, to perform this ritual the in the same way that she rented this house, that you know, whatever it did mm-hmm. was a fortuitous, the way it faced or whatever the, you know, right. whatever the, the nonsense is. Um, and he was called away during the ritual. And apparently that let demons loose in the house and well, it became dumb. this. Yes. Why did he do that? Uh, well, the leader of the golden dawn, the, uh, the kind of religion he belonged to, to, mm-hmm. to put a way too fine a point on it, uh, basically said, Hey, can you come back to London? It's basically the Pope going like, Hey, come yeah. back to the Rome. And so he went and it left all these demons open. So that, the the kind of point of uh, of uh, background material here is that this whole movie, for someone that's like kind of in the know, is they. It's not like they stuck directly. It's not like they told you the recipe for it. But shit, this was actually really close to actual like ritual, which hmm. was that was for me fucking cool because mm-hmm. it, it you don't see that usually. It's like uh, joking around with supernatural. Like usually, it's that kind of shit where it's just. Yeah, you know, kind of nonsense pop culture. Um, well, this is this is a movie style. Yeah, the, the the plot of this movie is uh, this woman hires this dude to do a ritual, and while that would be in so many other cases just like a montage, and then like that would you know we ended up rising up some demon, and here's the rest of the movie. Is no, it's this microcosm. It's her doing the ritual, which takes months and months and months and months. And I thought I just thought that was kind of compelling, yeah. and that. Sort of that that also idea that uh, made me it made me think of that DC character uh, Constantine. Just the fact that like th- these rituals are these endeavors. It's not just like Doctor Strange wave your hands a few times and say something, but it's like a whole thing. Yeah, and I I thought that was just very interesting. Yeah, totally. I I I love that they went into so part of kind of any ritual stuff. Like if you're actually doing it, is it, there's usually like some kind of fast or like bodily purification that happens. Mm-hmm. And I love how much they went into this, which it's it's. Maybe I'm just nerding out, but it's like you so. Re- I guess it's like car guys when they see a cool car. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, oh, you're actually talking about eminences. Like, like you're you're purifying your body right. by vomiting by eating a semi poisonous toadstool. Like that's awesome. I get to see it on screen. Right. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's like I don't care if they do it right, but I hate on. Um, you see this a lot on like TV shows, or whatever, where someone is like, oh, I've got an Xbox controller, but you hear eight bit sounds coming out of the TV, and you're like, what the hell is that about? Uh, it sounds like you're playing Atari with an Xbox controller. So to actually see it done right, it's the, yeah. it's the same thing. Like yeah. like getting through other worlds versus playing the right. Game. No, I got it. I just I'm thing. just trying to just you know you, you call the Atari eight bit and it's not really accurate. Just, well, no, you know, but I was yeah. I, no, I, I got was, those are two separate thoughts. But uh, yeah, yeah, 
you having two separate thoughts. Sure. Yeah. Lower res was all I was getting. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. Um, here's, so the, the, she rents out to the house, hires this dude. And this is where some of my um, confusion with the film is. And uh -huh. I texted you last night about this, that I'm not entirely sure what the fuck happened in this movie, which I right. think is purposeful and, and good. But she hires this guy or tries to hire this guy under false pretenses saying... Essentially. So, well, so the movie, the movie starts with her just renting this house. Like before the credits come up, she's looking at this, this fancy house and, and like, it's like, which way does this room uh, face? It's West. Great. I'll buy it. And then it's her meeting this guy. This movie, kind of like the, the last movie we did, parses out information very occasionally. You know, it's very, very uh, measured in how it does it. And she hires this dude to do a ritual. And you're not clear what that is exactly at first. And I love like his, the, the act. So it's mainly these two actors throughout the whole thing. He, uh, uh, Joseph Solomon played by uh, Steve Oram, uh, and then, uh, Catherine Walker plays Sophia. The movie is basically the two of them. Like that's it. But she hires him and he is just this schlubby guy. He's eating, uh, uh, fries with a knife and fork at yes. the beginning of the movie, which I, f I found very off-putting, but, I, uh, as you watch the movie, I, it's very fitting with his character. He's just a weird dude. Yeah, he reminds me of um, Pig Vomit from Howard Stern. Paul Giamatti? Paul Giamatti. Oh, I sure. Think, I I had Steve Buscemi stuck in my head, and I'm like, 100% yeah. sure that's not him. Buggy eyes, same thing. Yes, yeah. but he's got a very uh, Paul Giamatti vibe where just this kind of like, ugh, just uh, yeah. slouchy. He's, yeah. he's great. He's really great in this Ben Wheatley movie called Sightseers. But anyway, she hires him to do some ritual. Well, she tries to, so she hires him to go check out the house. To go check out the house, is, yeah. Is the pretense. And he's like, well, what do you need this for? And she said, well, I lost a love and I need to get it back or whatever. That was like her first lie. Yeah. And he's, he's yeah. like, that's, we're not doing this for that. Like we're not, you want to, you want to do the Abramelin to get love. That's like asking, essentially it's like, it's like asking a Titan to decorate a, a cake, but he says it weird, like a Titian or something like that to decorate a cake. Like it's this, you're, you want this whole powerful thing to do that. And then she's like, okay. She's like, nope, forget it. I'm not doing it. She's like, okay, wait. I'll give you a ton of money. He's like, no, you don't get it. It's not, it's not right. It's, yeah, also, it's like, it's not about the money. It's not important. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. But then she's like, well, I actually, it's, I, it's my son. I lost my son. I want to see my son. And he's like, all right, that's worth getting up in the morning for. My favorite part of this though, is in that exchange, he's like, oh, the Abramelin, I've done it three times. Oh, I was about to bring it Once up. it worked, twice it didn't. And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, I was younger. And well, you need the right person. Wait, wait. Oh, maybe I misheard because I thought he said once it worked, once it didn't. Mm -mm. Oh, he did say twice. Twice it did. Okay, yeah. not nearly as mysterious because I like. I, oh, okay. See, I I had heard that as once it worked, once it didn't. And I went, wait, that's what? That, huh? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and the and the movie does a decent enough job in, in questioning whether or not he's just kind of a charlatan because he's an abusive asshole for a while anyway. It's it's unclear as whether this is actually working or not or whether he's just a big weirdo. Yeah, I do like the way they still play that and also I I, I like the way they I don't I want to be careful about the way I say this. Yes, there I think there's one case of him actually being an abusive asshole. Mm -hmm. But then the other stuff if he is legit, it's more like a a a, a like a samurai master, you right. know, like breaking like like that scene in uh, Kill Bill where like the mm -hmm. guy with the big mustache is training her and right. just like you uh, this is my arm now I own this arm and he knows what would happen if she lies or things go wrong and like how badly shit can go so yes. like he needs to be that that much of a dick or he's a shyster and I love I love the kind of the the wire they walk on that they, yeah and they do and they don't do it so they don't underline it that much like it's. It's all there. It's it's ever present. But I don't think the movie itself is hinged on that moment. 
it, yeah. is hinged on that 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 basic question. I think it's a part of the whole thing, but it's not like, well, is it real or isn't it? It's just about these two people. Yeah, and there's an interesting thing with, I mean, it, it, not just magic stuff, but I mean, with a lot of shit is that old fake it till you make it thing where uh-huh. obviously this guy knows his shit enough to have like cool notebooks full of stuff and he's using the right words and saying this stuff. So it's like, well, can, can you fake your way into something real as another kind of read of it is like, yeah. she's so invested in, in it that even if it is kind of horse shit, it can be this kind of power of, you know, not, I don't want to say positive thing, but you get yeah. the idea. Like the, this, a sort know. of a mental placebo effect. Yeah. Which is, I get, I get every time I listen to the band placebo. Hmm. So, um, but I always like, he always, he always calls her posh and I always like that as an insult. Yes. That he's like, you posh girls, you just want to get love. This is dumb. I don't know. I always just like posh as an insult. Just an aside. But I like scarier baby as an insult better. Scarier baby? Yeah. The uh, other spice. No, I got yeah, it. I was, got I was, it. I was hearing sca- like a baby that is scarier than yeah. an average baby. Oh, like the one later in this movie. <laughs> the one, yes. Uh, by the way, that's the most terrifying scene of a girl sitting next to a door that could ever fucking happen oh, in the yeah. universe. No, that was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, we should touch on... Uh, so before they get... To, you know, she's talked him into it basically by saying, getting my son back. Mm-hmm. But there's this touchstone moment that I don't think... I wish this had come back a little stronger when she runs into her... I think it was her sister or mm-hmm. a really good friend. It was her sister, right? Mm-hmm. Where she brings up the fact that she's done a stint in the mental home. Yeah. And there's the other side of the kind of the the pressure duality between her and Solomon is the whole thing of it needs to be honest. You're not telling me something. You're not telling me something. And she never tells him about that either. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of, is he a huckster? Is she not telling enough to allow this to work? I just kind of wish they went back to it a little bit more. And sure. Said, well, yeah. there, there's a couple of moments where there's a couple of moments of, of sort of not necessarily lying, but like withholding information. On both sides yeah. that make you wonder if this whole thing is going to work uh, at all. But there's also that moment early on as well where she has this weird sort of vision of an old white-haired woman with a kid in a parking with a parking lot. And it, it comes up a little bit later where it's part of her dream. Yeah. But then like it kind of comes up again later. So it's uh, – that was just like a, we- a red herring. It read that way to me. Uh, I'd be a little more blunt about it. Bullshit. Yeah. Because she says somewhat early on that it's teenagers fucking around with the occult that killed her kid. Yeah. So then seeing this kind of, you know, this crone with the child just feels spooky to be spooky instead right. of actually playing. Because I, I have the same complaint, and we'll get to it, about the way the third act closes, where I think a lot of the kind of the beauty of this film and the way that it like structures its narrative mm-hmm. just gets thrown out of the window and go, oh, look at spooky shit. And we're going to cut real quick. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I do yeah. think... Um, that it's already effectively set a tone with the kind of withholding of information and just like the the soundtrack that varies between being ominous or just a symphony tuning up. I okay. never I never got to didn't like, but I'm there with you, yeah. where that orchestral warm-up noise, mm-hmm. which is eerie and, yeah. and enjoy, but sometimes they did overdo it. it. Yeah, it was it's just they they leaned on it a little hard, I thought. Yeah, so she's got she's got mental health issues and uh doesn't admit to it and Basically, that's that's the setup. They get to this yeah. house that they rented in the middle of the of, of of Nowhereville. Yeah, he tells her all this stuff she needs to like buy all this uh, like eight months worth of food. The setup like the setup is that she will cook and clean. He'll do nothing. Yes, uh, which again sort of leads to that like, what is this guy just like an asshole? And because uh, he's always yelling at her 
always. Uh, but but again, in that like samurai master way, where it's just yeah. like, do you, or do you do you actually want this? Well, that's what I think. That's the part of this movie I really like is is how tightly they walk that line because yeah. it is. There's a part where. I guess I don't want to give that away quite yet, but you know, there's a part where he is just genuinely an asshole where it's like, I think that scene is ill thought out for, mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. I think this movie makes two major mistakes. It's that scene, which we'll get to shortly. And, and the end of the third act where it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they, they, she goes, buys all the food and he, they go to the house and they're like, all right, look, last chance. We cannot leave until this, you know, ritual is complete. You sure you're cool. She's cool. They put a salt circle around the house, seal it up. Now, here's my problem with this. And this is nothing to do with the movie. It's my problem with um, religion. Come on, man. It's a rainy environment. That salt is not going to last eight months. <laughs> right. I literally, there was clouds behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like salt, it's it, it's like, it it famously mixes with water yeah. very well. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can think about, which is probably why uh, nothing I've ever done to the ritual world has ever done anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, you know, honestly, I never thought about it, but that's a very good point. Uh, but it's magic salt. We'll just go with that. Yeah, fine. All right, perfect. What I also like, so leading up to this, he has given her shit about like, oh, you just looked up stuff online, huh? Like, you don't know how to really do it. You need someone to help you out. You just look stuff up online. And then um, he he mentions, he's like, before we do this, I need to I need a computer with internet access. Oh, yeah. And he's just looking up stuff online. Yeah. And then what an asshole, he's printing in color. At like this hotel, like what an asshole. Yeah. He's just stealing all. I mean, I don't care about the hotel's ink, but I'm just like, oh, that's a nice touch about like, he's putting these huge, like illuminated texts on yeah. color because he's a huge dick. Yeah, that's wasteful. So they lock themselves in and, uh, you know, he does that whole, are you pure thing? And she, you know, they have to purify more by, he gives her like a semi-poisonous mushroom mm-hmm. so she can vomit out stuff. And that's, you know, kind of setting the tone for when the rituals really start. And then they do... I think the laziest bit of writing, a bird falling from the sky is a signifier of weirdness. What a fucking <laughs> dick writer would do that. Well, it's not so much a bird falling from the sky as much as it is a bird thrown against a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just make I just make fun of my, <laughs> my own book, which has oh. that exact scene in it. But Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's some hacky shit. Yeah, fucking hack job. Available on Amazon. <laughs> exactly. Alex Bond, spell with two X's. Uh <laughs> no, but I do I do like that that bit where he's giving her the poisonous mushroom. She's like, is this gonna be terrible? He's like, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> like there's just that he really doesn't nice. he doesn't mince words about yeah, it. That's really nice. And stuff. it is, and I also just like that he is this schlubby dope. A man this man has t- apparently touched the infinite, has communed with gods, and he's just like wearing the dumbest bucket hat. And ill-fitting glasses, and I love it. Yeah, if you ever see those like old ritual, like if you ever see Elster Crowley at the end of it, like towards the end of his life, he looks like W. C. Fields. Like, yeah, he's just his fa- he looks like a Fester. He's just his fat, gross dude. Yeah, yeah. but it's also just this idea because he even he even says later in talking about some of the stuff he's done, he's like, you know, we're all like most of us are damned. No, it's just this like, no, I've seen it. None of this shit matters. I don't care. I don't need to wear the cape anymore. I, one of his one of his descriptions too, which I really love, and it was trying to sound poetic, I think, but I, I mean, in a way that that guy would try to sound poetic. He's like, I've I've talked to demons, I blah blah blah. I've had silver rain down yeah. on me, and it's just like, really, silver <laughs> rain down? Like, yeah. it just, I mean, I get it. It's, it probably sounds pretty cool in your head, but I think that's why they wrote yeah. it that way. But it's, it's like, ooh, but look at Mister Ladi Da. Well, you are, it's also revealed that as they're prepping, that he's. Um, like he's DTing because he's like, I abuse alcohol and, oh, I do it to, you know, for the rituals to achieve an altered state. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. Yeah, that, um, that was kind of fun too. Yeah. But so the ritual starts and he gives this and he immediately is wearing this like goofy ass outfit, uh, yellow bandana 
and like this this sort of I don't even oh yeah he's got weird, he's like, got robes. he's got like iron fist uh, bandana mm-hmm. on yeah and these blue robes it's, yeah. it's really really awkward the, the, and kind yeah, of beautiful like he uh, he looks like he should be selling you crystals but oh yeah he uh, yeah he starts explaining the rituals and how like there's these magic squares and the circles or whatever and it's all very tactical or whatever but it is it does sort of have this sort of like gearing up scene kind of feel to it or like here's how the heist is going to work uh and it basically just boils down to her the next few months are going to be awful for her she has to do a lot of nonsense yeah i as as a weirdo i did enjoy them doing the the setup of mm-hmm. like all right this circle represents this this represents this this room is going to be your and it it doesn't pay off at all, which kind of annoys me because there's a lot of setup there and you do see some weird shit at the end, but it doesn't like it doesn't equate to the stuff he talks about in the beginning, which maybe that goes back to how much of this is real, how much is bullshit, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I was like, man, we spent a lot of time talking about this one. We didn't see a single magic square being used. Like, I don't even know what that is. So no, I it's, it's, basically, were... it's basically a cult Sudoku. Like it's oh. you, you, you have to add all the things together and diagonals up and down, left and right. And. Uh, the numbers also mean letters and you can have the name of God and blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's, it's, it's horseshit. But uh, I mean, it's wonderful ritual magic and everybody should respect everybody's beliefs. <laughs> but I, I do like that the house was chosen because it, uh, it's a particular location and that the way the rooms are sort of set up that he's like, yeah, this is the room where like you sit in this triangle to recenter yourself before you go back into the other yeah. room and do that. Or like, this is the room of dead things. You got to take out all your desires here or something, then go back into the circles. And then like, you see her start doing these rituals and it's like stare at the stone for three days and don't eat and uh, no water, no bathroom breaks, whatever. Just sit in the circle and stare at the stone, say to yourself and I'll be back later. And the movie does a pretty good job of letting that time pass without it feeling like a montage. But at the same time, it also kind of gets bogged down in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. As much as I like the actual, like doing the ceremony thing, there is a little bit of repetition in that that I understand is the point. Cause he talks repeatedly about how it's a cycle. We'll do this and then we'll go back and we'll do it again. But some of it, you just feel kind of stuck a little bit in, in that, that it doesn't, perhaps in a shorter movie, this would have worked a little bit better. They should have either put a point on it that she feels stuck and this feels like a slog for her, but they didn't do it enough to make it feel like this was purposeful. So it just felt like the editing was a little like kind of- Well, sort of what it was is, yeah. is the, since you, since you only have these two actors- and so much of it sort of rests on their emotional sort of well-being and, and their their relationship. It's too much of the same stuff is repeated with her being like, this isn't working. Yes, it's going to work. This isn't working. Yeah, yes, it's uh, going to work. And there's too you know. much cutting back in the ritual stuff. There's too much cutting back to her just being in a room, just kind of sitting there looking at a wall. Yeah. Where it's like, this is supposed to be devotional for like eight months straight. You've got a, it seems like you've got a lot of downtime to just kind of look at a wall. There was a little bit, it, it took a long time for me to realize how much time had actually passed. Yeah, they didn't do a good job of that, of showing, how, one, how long things are taking, except for there's one scene where they kind of talk about that they don't know what month it is. Yeah. But yeah, they don't show like how wearying it is on them, where like she looks like, like towards, not all the way at the end, but like, you know, kind of like mid second act, she looks just as fresh as the day she walked yeah. in. And like and, she's yeah. being punished. There's a whole thing where she's sitting underneath this pyramid and he's dumping cold water on her. It is torture. Yeah. It's not like it made it seem easy. Mm-hmm. But it kind of made it seem easy, didn't? Yeah. Like I, I don't want cold water thrown at me. I don't want to hang out with weird Irish Paul Giamatti. Like none of this seems great. Yeah. 
But it doesn't seem like a, this is the biggest ordeal, because this is supposed to be, like, the hardest fucking ordeal you can go through, so you can literally meet one of God's friends mm-hmm. and ask a favor of him. Yeah. And so when when some of these later blow-ups happen, it feels not as strongly, I think, as it could. Yeah. That, it's, she's, that she's driven to this point. You know, this is a movie I didn't uh, enjoy, but it, it, I think the comparison is strong, too. What's it? One hundred and twenty. The the hour. The the movie about the guy that gets his hand stuck in the rock while he's oh, one hundred twenty seven hours. One hundred twenty seven hours, where they do a really great job in that movie showing him, like physically and mentally being worn down so much to the point. Spoiler alert for anybody that somehow doesn't know this: that he has to chop his own fucking hand off to get out. But they do a really good job of wearing him down, Mm -hmm. like you know, visually, so it makes sense. Well, in this one, yeah, it's it's just not so effective. Uh, I. Though that water scene I love because she's sitting on a flower of life, which is another uh, it's, it's part of sacred geometry. And it, it it's small, but it, for my world, I'm like, oh, what a cool detail to put in there. Like, yeah, that, that's of course what you'd be on. Well, I was thinking about how detailed those circles are. That yeah. they've, I'm like, how long did, that, did those take to draw? But no, they did a good deal. The only thing that I found annoying, and it's about this spot of the film, is where he's uh, drawing in uh, Japanese characters. Oh, where he's writing Dragon Ball Z transcripts on her back? Exactly. Yes. All of these things are based on kind of uh, Renaissance magic or like Abrahamic, uh, you know, kind of old school Jewish mm-hmm. tradition. And then having him writing Japanese stuff, that just, that it really jumped out at me as like, like in, like in the 1980s, somebody having a bandana with the rising sun in the middle, like where it's like, ah, really? That's well, you know, it's like, well, this is just for the rubes, right? That don't know. Yeah, that, so I guess yeah. I don't really, I don't know, because at this point I'm convinced he knows his stuff, so that. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's just awkward. But here's, so this is about where the, the, um, oh, the other thing that happens around now is the, her son's toy keeps disappearing. Yes. The weird little, there's this weird little goblin holding a club yeah. that she brings with her and, um, that, that apparently was his favorite toy. And yeah, it goes missing. And she also, there's also this picture of her and her son that by this point, I believe she has torn herself out of. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the toy goes missing. Yeah, which is an interesting thing here, which again, I can't strike it enough that a tiny little plastic toy in a written work that signifies weird things happening. Yeah. I can, I'm, it, yeah, no, I no know. One, no one's going to get this, but this is me referencing shit that I've done in my own book. And I find it funny because boy, there's a lot of stuff in here. Like <laughs> some of the ritual stuff in here is mimicked in periphery. Like some of the like little, I'm not going to go Available on Amazon. You know, but there's like, there's literally, because I think whoever was writing this movie read a lot of the same shit I did uh-huh. and just went, well, if I use this, it's going to set a lot. And it's fun <laughs> right. just because I'm yeah. like, you know, it's like game recognized game kind yeah. of thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, I probably read that book too. And it's just funny. With <laughs> but I love in this in this sequence too, and I don't know um, when this when this exactly has happened. But like, so you you get them doing this rituals and then them hanging out a little bit, which I, I, I sort of like, again, in this sort of like, it's this whole long term thing. And it's not all just sacred. Like the, the mundane that's thrown in there too, where they're just like hanging out talking. And she's talking about some dream she's had where she sees like her family dead at like corpses on the beach and her son being held by one with white hair. And he's like, yeah, no dreams are, are kind of a thing. But, uh, he's like, I have this reoccurring dream where I have a moped and that's it. Yeah, that's I like, like he's that like, he's like, imagine like everything I've seen. That's my dream is that I own a moped. <laughs> yeah. And I have a big laugh about that. And I thought that was this, it was a very humanizing moment between the two of them. Uh, yeah. And the timing of that is, is good as well, because this is where the, the kind of major him being an asshole part mm-hmm. happens. So this is, I think my, this and what happens at the end of the third act is my major two, like very big rights of the film. So he basically 
tells her to put on some makeup, take her clothes off, and he jerks off. Right. Well, he tells her at the beginning that there's going to be some sex magic involved. Yes. And then, yeah. then he... And she says, this isn't sex magic. And he's like, basically, hey, look, you promised to be pure. I didn't. I'm just a man. I, you know, basically, I well, needed like, to come. Yeah, I needed, I needed to pull a Louis C.K. on you because I need to be pure. And it, and that, I don't think that fits his character. Like, well, here, my, my issue with it is that if this, I, I know that, like, it's because part of his blow up a little bit later is that she needs to be the, con- that she's the conduit. It's not about him. It's about her. Yes. But he's involved in this ritual too, and he needs to do the detoxing and all this stuff. So that weird, no, I can lie, and I can do, I can be impure. Again, like it, it reads weird, but it's also, I see what you're saying, but it's, it's this little bit of like, is he a charlatan or is he, is he actually doing anything? Yeah, that, that's too much. I mean, that's sexual assault. Like, yeah, that's, no, it is. That's, that's so like him being an ass, like. Either he's an ass as as the master samurai guy, as we mm-hmm. referenced earlier, like Kill Bill. But the guy from Kill Bill, you know, didn't fuck Uma Thurman. Right. Like, it's – that's a step too far. And I think that, that it's no longer walking that tightrope anymore. Now it's it's literally he's just a bad guy. There's no yeah. – there's no play there. And that's – they could have done it in a way that he fakes it being – like – in a in an obvious this isn't sex magic, but at least it's guys to sex magic way. Right. You know, uh, you know, like creepy yoga teacher style. Yeah. Well, instead of just being straight, because it just it doesn't. Because like if he lied to her already about it, and I, and I don't want to help this guy jerk off in front of women, but if he's already lying about it, why? No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is it doesn't work with the character. Is yeah. It. That's. I could see him, if he is a charlatan. He would trick her into getting him off. Mm-hmm. If he's legit, he wouldn't do he wouldn't do the jerking off in front of her thing. Right, but I mean, he's a he's a super like demanding to be called Mister Solomon. But like it's just a, it's a whole weird yeah, thing. But it doesn't. It just it feels like it's a it's like two steps. It, it feels like someone that's been like um that's been busted for stealing packs of gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, robbing a bank. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically you you were a criminal and you did another, but it's just like the the jump there, and that reads really. I think that it it that fucks the tone of the movie, and it yeah. I, I mean, that's it. That's just but really I mean, just. You, you I think kinda, that's a bad choice of the writer. You kind of have to in order to fit the narrative. I mean, the whole thing because you can't be too too realistic about her about it because like he couldn't have her dress as Sonic, which is the only way anyone can can get off. But uh, it does ask for a movie that's kind of stuck in the same mode for a yeah. lot. It does escalate things. Not in a way that I particularly enjoy, but it but it does escalate things that like, okay, well now she's stuck. Apparently, if he's right in this ritual that like she can't leave because otherwise they'll be stuck in whatever, here forever or like they've opened doors to, yeah. who knows? Oh, and he's a fucking sexual assault man. But that's, you could get away with it if the next scene is her trying to leave the house. Because mm-hmm. there's a scene, and just to go out of order, there's a scene where she does leave the house runs away because her car doesn't start and ends up back at the house. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm actually trapped here. Yeah. If they had kind of, not necessarily done the exact same scene, but done a scene like that after the sexual assault where there's some kind of realization of this is real, that might work a little yeah. bit better. And then kind of take the kind of onus of how awful this is off of, not to take it off of him, like, obviously, he's a fucking creepo. Yeah, it reads wrong. I, I disagree with the narrative choice. Right, That's, and then after... Yeah. Instead of her leaving, you get a scene of her feeding him pee. She she pees in a cup and then pours it into his stew. That's like the very next scene. You know what's funny is I didn't 
pick up that that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happens. Like she she pees she pees in this cup, and yeah. you see her dump it in the stew, and then she's like, "Serve yourself," and walks out. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that was pee. Yeah, but then it's just well, then it's for, well, but, they're, they're, then they're even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. but then it's like forgotten about. Or is it? Because there's certain things in this, in this, the whole ritual, much, much like that, where it's like, where you went on and on about lying in this purity, or whatever, where I can't help but wonder, is this actually affecting the ritual in a negative way? You know, am I watching someone that's actually not very good at their job screw stuff up? As we talked about in different movies before about how like, mm. this is someone that's not good at their job, but like. So is her is her feeding him pee? Is that helping things? You well, know? I was thinking the other way. It's that as much as he's kind of the heel in the piece, is that she's the one that's fucking the ritual up because she's not R- admitting yeah, routinely. Things to him. Yeah. So and that's that's I think an interesting dynamic too, where it's like, well, she's the one fucking stuff up. Yeah. I, I it's it's an interesting way the way they play it, and also how he's kind of he's kind of although right the entire time, he's also it kind of ends up being wrong. Yeah. You know. Well, and so it, and it leads to eventually this scene, and it's. It's interesting because they've they've touched on this before because she's asked him if he does black magic and he says, you don't go to the fair without riding some of the rides or something to that effect. Where when she, I forget how she reveals it, but they're like in the kitchen and she says something about like what her intentions are, something like that. And he's like, you are lying to me and freaks out, starts throwing dishes because they're so far into the ritual now. And he's like, this is so, what you've, you've been lying this whole time, your, your intentions. Well, because she says it's so she originally parsed it as I just want to see my boy again. Mm-hmm. I love him. And then she admits that she wants vengeance. She right. wants to kill the fox that that. And there's also a subplot that we haven't touched on of that. He may have been involved in the death of her child. So I never I never got that. He, he asks. He goes, right. you don't think I'm involved, do you? Yeah. No, n- n- the fact that they put a point on it. He is a working occultist in the area. Mm-hmm. It's there's a I mean I'm not saying like no, it's, I see what it's you're not saying. intimated yeah, there yeah. but there is a throughput you know a through line in that and that if you read it that way it could you know or at least him being representative of that right because he does come out wrong on the other side and they also bring the fact he does black magic right and then there know, and there's yeah the, you there's a few few names get tossed around early on about like other people she's talked to or whatever yes. so there's a, there's a cabal of people but Kabbalah sure uh but show she he freaks out on her. Actually, before we get to that, she's also fucked up because uh, during one of the things, she's like, no, I don't do forgiveness. I just don't do it. And yeah. he's like, what? And oh, she's I, like, no, I don't do forgiveness. Uh, can you work? You work for another thing. Can you work on this? And he's like, yeah, it's going to suck though. So he makes her drink his blood. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one where, where it shows maybe how tired she is because she's like, I don't want to drink this. There's disease. She's like, shut up and drink it. Look, it's starting to congeal. And she drinks it and starts to kind of rest. She's like, no, don't throw it up. Keep it down. And then she, she does. And then he's like, we'll drink it. And it's, oh no, it turns out that was a fantasy or, or something. She needs to. That was a cool scene. I like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was a neat scene. But then like, it doesn't, there's not more of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, of her kind of like, kind of losing touch or, or whatever. Cause they don't really start making, for lack of a better word, contact with these other realms until later on. She she finds like a flower in a hallway. Yeah, well, once. I mean the missing the missing toy, the, the missing flower, toy, yeah, the, the flower the bird one, hitting the window. And at one point, she's in some circle and stuff is kind of like gold or something is raining down on her. But then she's still oh, yelling yeah. about how it's not working because she still hasn't talked to the guardian angel. But that's when so when she starts having one of her several freakouts about it not working. That's when he finds out that yeah, she's not. She's not in this for love, that she wants vengeance. And he's like, you're doing this for me. You're doing this so that I don't think bad of you. It needs to be about you. You need to be driven yeah. with this. This needs to be you know, a singular focus. So the the way that he figures out to get around this, and then again, this was, I liked how this was done. Because uh, again, it's this sort of, is he a charlatan sort of thing where he's he's drinking again. He has brought in a bottle of booze. 
and it's him in his room drinking. And then he goes to her room. He's like, all right, I got, I got this. I got this. And then proceeds to drown her in a yeah. bathtub. And it's like, he's reading a ritual and he's like, oh, let her uh, kiss the void. Drown. And it's a, it's a really creepy scene. And, and I think very effectively done. But then he brings her back. Yeah. And uh, she's not thrilled, weirdly enough. Well, so here, another weird pacing thing here is she's in a circle and has gold rained down upon her. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene is her freaking out saying it's not fucking working. Yeah. You just had gold. Yeah. I mean, literally the thing that this guy was just earlier, the better metal up because he had yeah. silver rained down. She had gold rained down. And then the next scene, she's flipping out that it didn't work. Either way. Yeah. I like the drowning scene. She comes back. Really fun little moment. And then they have another argument uh, like, hey, I can't believe you did this. And this is this is where the the kitchen scene the happens. The kitchen happens, yeah. which we should probably mention this before we get in, uh, too much into this, that beyond the money, she has also promised him that it, when she summons the guardian angel uh, to ask her favor, he can ask a favor as well. Oh, yeah. They're supposed to each get one. Yeah. Yes. And his it's revealed that his favor is he wants to be invisible. If he just wants to be invisible, he wants to, uh, I, he says it somewhat poetically or something, but just like take a take a break from the world before he has to go. Yeah, just live like, the rest of his life in anonymity. Yeah, yeah, like to, to just not have to worry about shit, which I, I thought was kind of interesting for someone that's uh, apparently has seen and done so much stuff to kind of be like, nah, I don't want to deal with anybody. I well, just... also, that, I mean, it's revealed later that he's kind of lying about that. Is it? Well, because, so, uh, yeah, because when he's when he's in, in a bad way later, he says, I just miss my fucking sister. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I think, I think the... The point was that at the end of the ritual, he would actually be asking about his sister, not the could be, or maybe yeah. it's overread into that. Yeah. No, I mean that's 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 perfectly legitimate. I but I also wonder if the the bit where later she encounters an invisible person, if that's him, even though he's not even though he's not dead yet, and he's like in a bad way, like especially uh, so they have this they have this argument. That's a good the, read, yeah, I like it. So they have this argument in the kitchen, and uh, again, like about like oh my god, you fucking drowned me. Well, we had to do it. We had to purify you, and you got to believe in this. And like she kind of shoves him and he ends up falling back and falling on a knife. Which is, I, look, I'm sure it could happen, but that seemed. It like, was really convenient. Yeah, like, like it was, yeah. That was, that's a, tough, that's a tough angle for me to get my head around. As someone that, whose anxiety is such that like we just had to fix our freezer. So there are some tools on the ground and there's a, a, like a ratchet set and there's a screwdriver sitting kind of on top of it, but it's sort of down in the handle of the container of the ratchet set, sort of at an angle up against the wall. Like, no one's going to run into anything, but I immediately have the thought of someone tripping and falling face first into this slightly pointed up screwdriver. Yes. So I immediately pick up the screwdriver and move it. Around. So for me, I get it. Yeah. No, that could totally happen. But re- realistically, no. Yeah. Absolutely it's, it's, not. A, it's, a, it's a weird angle. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he's so he gets sort of stabbed through the, the side and he's like, yeah, it's it's fine. We'll deal with it. Uh, knowing full well, he can't leave. You know, he even says at the beginning, an emergency can't go. She's like, I'm going to carry on the ritual. He he even says like, ah, see, it's working. Somehow me getting stabbed means the ritual is Yeah, working. he's like, this is the payment we have to make. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. is the payment for our rage, I think yeah. is what he says. Sure enough, he's he's deteriorating and they're doing the ritual. He's kind of losing a little bit. He's like, I forget if this is nine things or is it 12? No, it's nine. It's nine. It's, it's got to be nine. And she's in her room or like in a room, like studying, reading the books. And you keep seeing these pictures of like, I'm assuming demons with like stuff painted on them or whatever. Cause they cut back to those a few times in the books. Yeah. They look like, um, uh, I don't know what the paint is, but like when Aboriginal Australians have that white, that yeah. like white, it's like that. It, it, it's kind of, uh, referential to that. of mm-hmm. like that kind of like white painted kind of otherworldly sense. Cause they're just humans. It's not like 
you know, demony demons, you know, right. especially just humans with some quick lime on them or whatever the hell. Yeah. But so she starts like hearing this kind of noise and she looks up and in this like leather chair, there's a figure there smoking. And yeah, one, gets, of, one of the better scenes of the film. Yeah. And as she gets closer to it and kind of shines a light, the, 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 there's it's just a coat on the, there's no figure there at all. But interesting point, the cigarette, she, the cigarette it was smoking. Had a filter. Yes. Which is that not, not None his. of them. Yeah, because so, both of them were shown rolling cigarettes. Yeah, the so it film. might not be him being invisible. I don't yeah. know. But certainly he had mentioned other dimensions have kind of noticed them or something. So stuff might be happening. Yeah. But sure that, enough, well, also by this time, she's talked to her son. Yes. her son, So she hears the dog and her son and she walks in the hallway and be, this door is rattling and her son's saying like, mommy. I'm doing a scary British voice, mommy. Everything's disturbing and this is going to be... And they might as well start doing like fucking creepy yeah. fucking nursery rhymes. Come but, uh, with us. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I know it's not you sort of thing. So this is, uh, you know, some kind of demon trying to trick her yeah. thing. Well, because yeah. it's it's because the kid's like, open the door, mommy. And yeah. you hear this There's a big dog. dog yeah. The dog's eating me, mommy. Yeah. And he yeah. starts like, it's getting increasingly like, you got to open the door. But she doesn't. Uh, she's, she holds strong and lets that baby die. Yeah, which is the real hero's journey. Mm -hmm. You know what they say? First it's call to action, then it's refusing the call, and then it's watching a child be eaten by a yeah. dog. Yeah. Call to action to ignore a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> refusing to answer the call to ignore a baby. So ignoring uh, the baby. Um this is about where he dies, right? He dies. She she eventually goes into his room. Uh and he he's he also called the one room with the bed. Uh and kind of gets in the bed with him and he's shivering and yeah, mentions that he's he just fucking misses his sister. And then cut to him being dead in the morning and her just kind of standing over him. Well, okay. Ish. Sorry, sure. Because there's a later scene where it seems like he wasn't dead, that he had crawled out of bed. Because she comes back from her walk and he's lying on the bottom of the steps. So this is where the kind of what happens in reality of the film starts to break down. I guess mm. we can't really go in order. So um, he's dead. She freaks out, crosses the salt boundary. Her car won't start. She walks for ages. She sees the house and goes, oh, God, please, someone be home. Someone don't be home. For the love of God, someone be home. And then realizes it's the house she left that she's been walking away from for a while. Cool scene. Uh -huh. Goes back in. Now, when she walks back in the house, there's there's bloody handprints on the walls. Mm -hmm. And he's lying dead on the bottom of the steps or just lying on the bottom of the steps. I think what we're meant to read here or because th this story, this film is trying to have two narratives at any given moment. Is he bullshit? Is it real? That mm -hmm. sort of thing. Where now that he's gone, the two narratives are, is is it madness or is it, it did the ritual work? Because later in the film, she has her finger chopped off, bleeding immensely. But when, before that happens, there's bloody handprints on the wall. Mm -hmm. So where would that come from? Unless we're watching this kind of out of order sequence, like she's mad. She's wandering around the house, basically slapping her dumb fingerless hand on the walls. He you know, murdered him or threw him down the steps or whatever. Well, see, like, I, I took it more as sort of like, so when she gets back in the house, she, she sees what could be her son. She's a small boy holding hands with this horrible demon lady. Like, like she, yes. they're encountering these, these, I'll just call them demons, but yeah, they're people painted white, uh, with quick lime or ash or whatever you want to call it. And, um, uh, quick lime's fine with me. But like, so when they, they, a guy knocks her out with a, with a club, much like the toy, uh, and she wakes up in this basement kind of thing with, with all these creepy guys down oh, yeah. there. Oh I mean, yeah, but before that. No, but, but my point yeah, is, yeah. is that like, so they bothered to drag him down to the basement. Yeah. So there's no telling what these things actually want. So there could be something where they, where they had moved him previously. 
I don't know. It's supposed to be just creepy and weird. No, but what I mean is the read of it is that unless unless you're saying that you're saying unless the movie wants us to say with 100 percent certainty that this is real, that there's a paranormal thing happening Mm -hmm. because the rest of the movie is read as there's two different stories going on that. So the end of the movie is either she's fully mad and all this is in her head. The other sure. narrative is that it's actual demons dragging bodies around. By that point, I had given in and said, no, nah, it's it's real. Oh, see, I, I still kept the dual narrative going because you think about like him no, being stabbed and being- No, it always because it's it's so much of a personal journey for her. I yeah. mean, that's what this whole ritual is about. So there's there's no reason that can't be the read. Yeah. But just for the narrative of the movie, I went, no, 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 it's fine. Like these are these are these are demons and they're real. Whether or not this is like a Jacob's ladder personal demons thing or like demons wow. in the world they were real enough for the story to work for me well the idea of the, the the actual ritual is um what you're meant to do in the course of it like in the in the in the real in heavy quotes ritual is that you're summon demons that represent your attachments and your kind of the things you're carrying around so you would summon an anxiety demon sure. and then yeah. and then you would best that anxiety demon mm-hmm. and then you'd uh then in my I would do a depression demon. I would do an anxiety right. demon. I'd do a I'm fat demon. I do like the the idea is that you're you're defeating the demons that have uh, weight on you, and mm-hmm. then when you're defeated enough of them, you get to meet your guardian angel. And I th- that's sort of the represent. I think that's what those things are supposed well, to represent. Essentially, yeah. that kind of happens because yeah. as as they're like she's trying to escape because yeah they cut off her fingers with and as much as this is set up like th- this this one demon approaches her with dragging something behind him which immediately i think i'm thinking of silent hill 2 and pyramid head uh I'm there and then it's like... just it's just some garden shears and it's like well this is supposed to be some like otherworldly thing couldn't you have like rusted them up or something but it just looked like someone went to home depot and whatever yeah. minor minor art direction point but a thing that i didn't like cuts off her finger she starts to escape and they're like gra- like dragging her she's almost at the top of the stairs all oh, the demons got her and they're, they're dragging her and she just says i'm sorry she's like i'm starts crying and says i'm sorry and then the light at the top of the stairs starts starts glowing. Yeah. So it, I think it is some of that personal demon stuff where it is, it's, again, you could argue whether this is just in her head or or whatever, but it is her overcoming these things that are waiting, weighing yeah. down on her. Well, so, I mean, which works with the ritual and it's one of those, you know, whether it's real or not real, that's the same as all magic is, you know, whether it's internal, external, that's the, but um, one of the things I question, and I'm not going to rewatch the movie just to do this, but one point, you brought it up that he was confused between nine and 12 times something has to happen. Yeah. And she had repeated, I'm so sorry, a bunch of times. And I'm wondering if the time oh. that the light appeared was either on the ninth or the 12th time she said, I'm so sorry. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to go back, but, uh, oh, no, but I'm that's not, an interesting yeah, little yeah. like icing on the cake. Yeah. Because a lot the of the case. movie does yeah. kind of pay off to the earlier stuff. And it's weird that, you know. It is showing that he's deteriorating, but it would be interesting if that was what happened there. With one exception, and I'm going to be you here for a moment. Oh, please do. Uh, so let's say that it is him being invisible. God, you're so handsome. <laughs> Thank you. He never got his moped. Why set up that he wants a moped if he never's g- going to get a moped? Now, John, what you missed is it's the dream of the moped that oh, was important, that's, not the oh, moped itself. Being too literal. Yeah, it's it's always you know it's always that thing of like it's you know is it is it. The journey or the destination. Yeah. Is it finding that moped in all of us? Exactly. Okay. That's that's the Abrabellan ritual. <laughs> but, um, so she gets to the top of the stairs and sure enough, there's her guardian angel. We need to talk about that angel. I got beefs. <laughs> I, why don't you go first? Mainly it boils down to this. The fucking helmet. 
That's oh. that's all it boils down to to me. Because it's it's so it's supposed to be this kind of like and it's this giant angel that's in the middle of the whole ritual circle and it's huge. And it's dressed in kind of uh uh sort of armor kind of thing, resting on a sword. It's on its, it's knees. Standard angel clothes. Yeah, resting on a sword. <laughs> and it's wearing this helmet that's kind of like a um Hermes, no, it's is that the is that the Greek god? Or yeah, the, with the little wings. With yeah, the little yeah, wings, yeah. but then like and then a, a nose guard thing. But the way it's resting on its head as he's looking at her looks like it doesn't fit. Yeah, and that he's an idiot. And so I love the idea of calling your guardian angel. He's like, uh, yep, what couldn't it do for you? <laughs> but it's from being this all powerful. Like this is the thing we're waiting for. It was this little. Oh, it's looks like this, huh? And it just it was laughable. How dumb he looked to me. Part of, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm taking it a little bit further in that don't show a giant angel. Show radiant light yeah. with maybe a vague angelic shape, like the opposite of the shadow figure we saw smoking cigarettes. Right. Have a 12 foot tall radiance with maybe a figure inside of it. Mm -hmm. But having just a, I mean, it's, it's, it's hilariously bad. Yeah. I sort of like the eyeball effect they did. The eyeball effect was neat. Yeah. These glowing eyes. But and then when he, when, when the angel talks, it's just, it's just bass. And you just say this. Yeah. And it's, that's cool. That was well done. That was really neat. But yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Make it more of a figure thing, but it's also interesting. And, and to me, and you would perhaps have a better read on this. And I know it's Gnosticism and, and all that, but that essentially doing all this occult magic that the answer is in a way is Christianity in the, in the sense of like, just like beg forgiveness for your sins and then boom, you're good. Yeah. Well, the Gnostic thing is there was Gnostic Christianity. No, I know that. The, yeah. yeah. I, there's a lot of ritual stuff. So a lot of this ritual stuff came out in the Renaissance mm -hmm. where you kind of still had to be Christian. So there's a lot of weird, Look, like I've, I've played assassins too. I think I know a little something about the Renaissance. Uh, I Leonardo da Vinci invented a flying machine that I used to go kill the Pope. You're thinking of Hudson Hawk. Oh, sorry. I get those two confused. Anyway, we've got exactly would you like to swing in a star left on the show. <laughs> that is a sweet Hudson Hawk reference. Um, I'll take your word for have it. Have you never seen Hudson Hawk? No. We've uh, talked about this. Honestly, it might be something to do on the show. It's so fucking bananas. But uh, what, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. So the, like, the Renaissance stuff, is, is it's this weird thing where they're like plumbing the depths of like the subconscious and and the weirdness of like the this this the peripheral realities and like the the, the oddness of everything but also you kind of still had to be christian so like yeah. there's this weird overlap where it's like the most badass occult strangeness but we're trying to find angels you know um she says and i do like this as a character beat but I don't think it's good enough for the end of the film where she goes, yes. I like which said, I would like the power to forgive that that's that is what she she asked the favor. She's she's in awe of this angel. And she's like, the favor I want, the favor I want is I want to be able to forgive. Read a Deepak Chopra book exactly. like it, it, it just I understand it's this personal journey and she's learned something from it. But it just was like, oh, that felt we it, I, I, there was something just just hollow about it where not they were going to go like. Okay, please murder some teens. That didn't feel like that I would have fit like there. That end, I, yeah, but it's just like the give me the power to forgive. It's yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know what I wanted there, but here's it wasn't what there. I would have liked better: either heal my friend, mm. that being that being Solomon, oh, yeah. or 
heal my friend's sister, you know, bring my friend's sister, something that- Turn my friend into a moped. Yeah, perfect. But something that pays off her, because that would also pay off the forgiveness thing, because he was the scumbucket to her, mm -hmm. but he'd pay off forgiveness that way. You don't have to kill anybody, but that, I thought that was uh, hollow. Because there's, yeah. a, there's a thing with magic where um, magic is literally the hardest way to do something, is, is how it works. So like- as a magician, the best way to get a lot of money is to go to school and get your bachelor's of, of finance mm -hmm. and then learn how to make money because that is infinitely easier than trying to manipulate the universe. And right. like, it's I mean, like it's the fundamentally the hardest thing possible. So if you're you did this, you could have just gone to therapy. Yeah, exactly. Go yeah. to a fucking therapist, you fucking loop. You like not to, <sighs> I'm not not to take away from what she went through. I can't even imagine losing a child. Right. However, you're not the first one to have it. There's trained professionals yeah. that can, like, you're, you're not going to feel great, but there's people that are out there to help you. You have $80,000 yeah. readily available. You can afford a good therapist. Yeah. Uh, which got, you know, for his earlier thing, it's like, you just want to do this to find love. That's dumb. This doesn't seem any less dumb. Real dumb. Uh, yeah. But- it also now I want to watch The Sopranos, but Tony Soprano going through this whole ritual instead of going to therapy, it's him doing occult rituals. You have no idea how much I wish I could do an Italian accent and be like, eh, hey, Uriel to my north. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Janish Abdulani Abramelin. Yay. Go. I want to forget about forgiving. <laughs> Forgive about it. Um, I hate the demons in the basement. The the angel, I think, is poorly done. The demon, I mean, there's it's where the low budgetness of this really shines. That, because I think I'd heard it the, a lot. The yeah. demons in the drawings, uh, yeah, they're like cool. When, when like, like, Bosch, oh, cool. Like, yeah. And then it's like, nah, it's a dude in a loincloth. Yeah, it's a dude in a loincloth with with some quick lines. It, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a Inception where it's like you have this power to. Create anything you want to dream. Oh, it's the dreams or dudes shooting other dudes. Yeah. Okay. The that's what we're go, doing. Buildings right. go sideways. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> but it just felt like, yeah, it felt limiting. And yeah, the angel, it just, for what it wants to be, it just is a thud. It, it just, it, it, Yeah. The angel's thud, the demons, the basement, chopping off her fingers, stupid, because nobody else down there is missing fingers, which is a small gripe. It's just, why such a specific action yeah. where there's nothing earlier in the film to reference that? Right. It just- that even even just even because that's such a specific act uh, like if if you just kind of generalized it where they're like being menacing or like about to do something yeah but a even just chopping off a hand would have been less of like slicing yeah. a chunk out of her arms yeah. something but just the finger it just seems like it's a reference to something that we didn't get earlier and the, the next part that I, I very much dislike is she wraps up solomon's body in in tarpaulin mm -hmm. and and wades it out into like the the marsh in front of the house one it sinks randomly which bothers me because physics but two what what the fuck what barry like what, what <laughs> i'm sure you, it's what he would have wanted it's just what it what, what a what a douche i think <laughs> I, miss, I, funeral, I miss my sister yeah that sucks funeral Dunk. fire yeah, yeah. i just what a like what a dick thing yeah that, i don't know that just really that red soup Leave him in the house. Also, wh why do you have to hide the body? Like, fuck. Oh, God. Yeah, that that really. The yeah. third act of this film. Really, well, I mean, the house I, is in her name. You want you don't want a dead guy in your house. Oh, yeah. No. So just re readily just something floating in there. Oh, weird. We found a dead body wrapped up in tarp. I wonder who did it. Oh, you mean the one person that's lived in this house for the past two years? But he might not. That might not have even happened in this realm. 
Yeah, it's true. Or you know, just you know. just just light them on fire. Well, like and fires then, exist, and then it 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 ends with her driving away, and in theory, coming to terms with something. But again, that wasn't that didn't really read to me because she doesn't seem like relieved mm-hmm. by anything. She still seems troubled, and I just kind of I was left feeling was any of this worth it, and not in a way. Where I'm like, oh, that was the point of the movie. It, it was like, no. yeah, it just feels. Okay. I, I love the first two acts, mm-hmm. and, and I I just don't think the third act really paid off. And I think a lot of that is budget. Yeah, that I think he probably could have paid it off a little bit better if he could have afforded. Like, I don't really know how what they would do, but I just feel like maybe if like there was a like a better hell sequence, yeah. it wouldn't sit so. Killer clowns from outer space actually being involved. Uh, th- th- that'd be fine. Yeah, but just having because honestly, Killer clowns from outer space had a better look and budget oh, yeah. to it. Like, They're terrifying. Yeah, but like being in that basement, like maybe if that was like a cool, like hellish, like an actual thing, we wouldn't feel like because it just. I mean, it seems like somebody painted up their friends and went in a basement somewhere yeah. and filmed it. Yeah, and it just it feels like oh, all right. oh no, the menacing finger being chopped. Yeah, off. for apparently being at the lowest, it just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, like, like yes, this person's in danger, but it just, like, I'm supposed to be in another dimension and it's just painted up people? Like, I, this yeah. doesn't feel as gratifying. And as... the whole point of the ritual is you're supposed to be kind of fighting them as you go. Mm-hmm. So just having them all show up at once in the kind of like a like a haunted hayride style. Right. Isn't, it, it, it just, it's, yeah, which which sucks because I think the main, like, what really, what really gets my goat about this, uh, you know, what really gets, what really gets, boffs my baffomet is I really like the first yeah. two acts and it's like, oh, yeah. movie, you're better than this. I know you are. Yeah. it's It felt like uh, uh, what I remember Donnie Darko kind of feeling like, where you're like, oh, okay. Like it was this lead up and it's like, oh, that's how we're ending this, huh? It's just that, it just doesn't land right. Yeah, I have that memory of that movie as well. But I but then I went back and watched Iron Darko again and I didn't even finish it because I didn't like it. But, oh, really? Yeah. I, haven't see, I probably haven't seen it since, oh man, probably- Oh, four. Like, I mean, it's been a really long time. We did, we did Southland Tales. We should do the other movie by this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I want to watch that movie. No, me neither. Yeah. Let's, yeah. We could. Yeah. But I, we just, let's just use Southland Tales again. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the movie. That's the Dark Zone. Well, I can't think of a better way to follow up a low budget Irish horror occult movie. Then with um, a giant bloated mess that features a drums playing octopus. Mm. That's right. The Little Mermaid. A different giant bloated mess featuring an octopus that plays the drums. My left foot. A different bloated mess that features an octopus that plays the drums that isn't Yogi's Fantastic Treasure Hunt. That's right. We are watching... Aquaman. 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 Uh, starring Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that played Django Fett. Oh. Um, that lady, what with I forgot her name. And mm-hmm. that other lady, what with I forgot her name. Stars all. Stars about, oh, and Dolph Lundgren. Dolph oh, Lundgren. seriously? Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. And he is awesome in it. Is he, is he a dolphin? Uh, no, he. No, that's I, a I missed get, opportunity. I can't, I can't get, it, it's almost as good, honestly. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so people that are listening, the very few people that are listening, let's, let's break this down. One, rarely do I say, watch this movie. It is just for the sheer dumbness of it. Two, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Alex Bowen. I'll put a link in the show notes. 
there's going to be, well, one, there's already a bunch of John and Alex uh, stuff on there. By a bunch, I mean, it's basically a couple of times John and I did warm-ups before the show and they're funny. But there's going to be a full Patreon episode for Six String Samurai, the 1998 classic that John and I are going to talk about. And it's going to be on there for you guys to listen to. So you should listen to that by going to Patreon. And it's like, uh, I think you have to do five bucks a month, but you only have to do it once. And you can just listen to everything and then cancel. So you don't actually have to like do like monthly. You're just... trying to rob me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable making people spend money. <laughs> no, I understand. Money. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. Six Ring Samurai. I've, on I've heard the episode. I understand that feeling. Yes. So do that. Oh, and also rate, review, subscribe, do all the things other podcasts tell you to do. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.